Good morning. I'm Sarah, one of our associate pastors here. This morning, we're going to talk about worship. As Christians, we can spend a lot of time talking about God. Worship talks to God. If we're going to be in a vital, vibrant, transforming connection with Jesus, we need to talk to him, not just about him. You know, it's kind of like, I don't know if we have any foodies out there this morning. Yes? No? You know, I'm not quite sophisticated enough in my uh, eating to consider myself a real foodie, but I do love to eat. I'm an adventurous eater. If there is something on the menu that I've not had before, that's what I want to be ordering. Uh, there's a lot of foodie stuff on Pinterest. I've got a cooking page. I probably need to split it into two separate pages. I've got a couple of cooking shows that I really love to watch. But ultimately, if you prefer to watch Food Network or look at pictures of food or read books of food or articles about food more than you like going out to restaurants and eating food, something is wrong. The goal is to try delicious new recipes to feed your family. You know, it's summertime. Uh, a bunch of us are going to outdoor socially distancing barbecues. And then the whole point and like why we throw down at these barbecues and we've got, you know, our burgers and our ribs and our mac and cheese. Like the whole goal, even if it's just like preparing a plate for your spouse, you're like, mm, this is good food. Here, trust me, I didn't make any of it, but here it is. This is good food you want to eat. The whole goal is to serve our family and friends and to enjoy and appreciate the, the food. Uh, we want it substantive, not speculative, right? We want to go from the Pinterest page to, to the table. My sister and I were together a couple years ago for our birthday. My sister lives outside of Chicago, and uh, we went to a really good Chinese restaurant, authentic, good Chinese food uh, in downtown Chicago in their Chinatown. And uh, I lived in China for three and a half years, so good, authentic food. I mean, it, it like brings tears to my eyes. So um, we, we got this dinner, just me and her. She's my twin sister, so we share the same birthday. And we sit down, we order some dishes. So we've both got our, our bowl of rice and we've got some dumplings, just come with some sauces, a couple of other dishes. Now, if you're in like a TGI Fridays or something like that, you get your own plate and it may be like 4,000 calories of fried food, but it's just your own plate right in front of you. And then, you know, my sister would have her own plate right in front of her. It doesn't take up the entire table. This took up like the entire table. And uh, the waiter stops and he's like, well... Good news, girls. We're open till 11 p.m., so I think you will succeed. Uh, we, we, we took home some leftovers. But that meal, man, it was just my happy place. And there may be some of you listening right now who have even heard me talk about this meal. But worship leads us from talking about God to talking to God, from being speculative to substantive. Uh, talking about Jesus can be an opinion, uh, a belief, a, a religion. Talking to Jesus is a relationship, a connection, a transformation. Let's, let's open the Bible and see what we can find uh, about how Jesus teaches us, how we see the early Christians worshiping and having their beliefs talking about God transformed into talking to God. As we turn to scripture, let's pray together. And Jesus, this morning, we want to go to the table. We, we want our souls to be fed. We don't want it to be speculative. We want it to be substantive. We say this morning that we need you, Jesus. 
that we need what only you can do for our hearts and our souls. We ask for your forgiveness, Jesus, for things throughout the week or even this morning. Lord God, would you cleanse us? Would you renew us? Change us and transform us. We declare our need for you, our dependency on you, Jesus. And we ask right now that you would speak to us and change us from your word. Would we not just be hearers of your word, but doers of your word? And would you bring us into that abundant life that you have for us? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, friends, we are in John chapter 20 this morning. Uh, this is after Jesus has traveled around Palestine teaching and healing. This is after he's been beaten, died publicly. This is after he's risen from the dead. And a couple of folks have started to see him. They found the empty tomb. This is after, to summarize, this is after Jesus has showed us who God is, after Jesus has accomplished the work of the gospel for us. So John chapter 20, if you want to, if you've got a Bible at home, you want to grab it, read along uh, verses 24 through 29. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came this last time. Uh, and they all came and told him and they said, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, unless I put my fingers into them and place my hands in the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound on my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. So the disciples, they're talking about Jesus. They're like, oh my goodness, can you believe it? I thought he looked different. I thought he looked the same. Can you believe that Jesus has risen again? They're talking about Jesus. Now, Thomas, he missed out. Kind of like we missed out. Thomas was in the wrong place, the wrong time. We're in the wrong millennia. And Thomas has some questions. He has some doubts. That's okay. Jesus isn't put off or, or offended by, by doubts or, or questions. We at the vineyard are not put off or offended by quote-unquote doubts. We want to be real. We want to be honest because, I mean, look what happens next. Jesus shows up and he says, this is who I am. I am the God whose hands healed lepers, whose hands was pierced by a government nail meant for criminals. Like my, my side, you know, we, we laughed together. We went for long walking trips together. Feel my side that was pierced by a sword that said I did not deserve life, but yet here I am, alive, in love for you, believe. And Thomas, he's just, he's blown away. He says, my Lord and my God. He worshiped, he saw Jesus as he really is risen for us, and he worshiped my Lord and my God, my master, the one who thankfully has control over my little life, my God, 
the one who spoke life into being, the God beyond the stars is Jesus, my God. Thomas worshiped. He, he acknowledged and claimed who God is shown to him in Jesus, worshiping him as his Lord, his boss, his God, his goal, his source. And we are blessed when we believe and we can enter into that place of worship. You know, the gift of the gospel is God himself. All of our beliefs, everything we, we read and learn and know, it points to who God is. It points to Jesus. That's the goal. Not like life, you know, going to heaven after we die, not eternal life, not a life of purpose, not even being a better person. The goal is Jesus. All of our beliefs, all, all whatever we belief we have, however little or, or big it is, it leads us to Jesus. And worship agrees with God. Worship is an amen to the work of God. Worship is an amen to the word of God. Worship is an amen to the worth of God. Worship says yes to everything that Jesus has done. Our whole lives should be, be worship. When we're, we're loving our family, when we're taking care of our, our friends, that's, that's worship. When we're serving our community, serving our community as a church, that, that's worship to God. Here in, in the vineyard, we try to engage in musical worship in a particular way that helps us to talk to God. It's one of our spiritual practices, our spiritual disciplines or exercises that we think helps people connect to God is to talk to God in musical worship can really facilitate a, a relational transformational encounter with God. So there are a couple of ways we do it here in the vineyard in this particular tradition. So first off, we sing to God. We use personal pronouns because there's a difference. You know, if, if we say you are good to me, or if we say God is good to me, we're, we're making it personal. We're making it, it real. If I talk to you and I use your, your name, I say, I say you, that's really different than like referring to you. Oh, this one person that I know, right? But when we say you draws us into deeper connection and relationship, many of us will also close our eyes. When, when we worship, we don't, we don't have to, um, but it helps us focus because we don't typically see uh, God with, with our eyes. We see him with our spirit. We see him with our hearts. We just want to block out distractions or, or other things that may, might be distracting to us. So we use personal pronouns. We, we sing to God, talking to him. We close our eyes. Um, and then if you've noticed about some of our songs, they repeat. We'll sing the same chorus again, the repetitious uh, phrases. We do that because we want to marinate in the truth. We want to remind ourselves of it again and again and again. Because, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff out there that comes at us again and again and again that is not truth. We have to remind our souls of the truth. Followers of Jesus have always used repetition in, in liturgy. You know, we pray like prayers like the Lord's Prayer again and again to get them into our hearts. Sometimes there's prayer that comes out of our hearts as we speak to God, but there's also prayer that gets into our souls, reminding us of the truth. Meditation, liturgy, um, our very traditional Christian practices. Um, we just, we really want to sit in that place, remind ourselves of the truth of God. And repetition is one of the things we use. If you notice also, 
Some people uh, in our church or other similar churches will do things with our bodies to help us engage in worship, like raising our hands. There are a lot of different uh, hand positions. We, we do the, like down here, we can do one hand raised, both hands raised, you know, a half hand raised. It's a, uh, it's a posture of receiving. It's also a posture of openness. It's different if I talk to you like this, hello, good to see you, or if I talk to you like this, hello, good to see you. It's different. It just, it opens ourselves up. It's kind of like active listening to God. I can listen to you while I, you know, kind of slouch, do other things, but it doesn't help me. If I engage my body, if I lean forwards, it helps me listen to you and engage with you. So um, you'll often see people kneeling too. Uh, kneeling is a great way to posture ourselves in a position of respect and reverence and receiving from the Lord. Um, but we want to use our bodies to help us engage in worship. Now, we don't need to do all these things. They're not required. Um, that There's no, no rule book or, or handbook. But many of us do find it useful to help us engage. And of course, musical worship is not always smooth, as we saw in uh, some of those video clips. Um, yeah, I, I remember one of the churches that I, I was at, and um, you know, I was in the front row. We were, we were leading worship, and uh, I was standing next to one of our associate pastors, who's super, super sweet um, lady in her 60s. She did a lot of our uh, hospital ministry very spiritual, super focused on God. And uh, this one day, um, there's one person in the entire church who's clapping. And just one, that's it, just one. And they were clapping offbeat. And I don't mean like two and four versus one and three. I mean like, I was just totally off. And uh, the, the other pastor who I was standing next to, so spiritual, so focused on Jesus. She turns to me and she's like, I am going to find that person. I just thought it was hilarious because she was so um, she was so spiritual and she says, "I'm going to find that person." Um, but worship does not always run smooth. But that's not the point. The first church I was a youth leader at, we um had a smaller youth group and we just put on YouTube worship. You know, you can get a, a YouTube video that has kind of like karaoke style that the words go on and um. No one could play an instrument. No one could particularly sing. But we had a group of 15, 20 teens who wanted to worship God. And it didn't matter if it was a little laptop boombox setup. They wanted to remind themselves of who God is. They wanted to lift God up, to put themselves back in that just so like helpful relationship where they're lifting God up and reminding themselves that they're God's children. And we have good times of worship with a little YouTube laptop. If you can do that with teenagers, with 14, 15 year olds, mm, anyone can do that. When I was at that church, I was, um, I was in a tough job. I would it just seemed like there's just this weight, uh, this cloud of stress. I was working very long hours. I'd leave when it was dark in, this, in the morning. I was, you know, getting Taco Bell drive through at 7.30 at night before I got home. My body felt awful. Um, and uh, Sundays was getting ready for, to going back to work on Monday again. And, um, you know, occasionally I'd think like, Maybe I should just take the morning and, and, you know, get a jump start on some of my work, you know, meal prep for the week, do, do all of that normal Sunday going back to work stuff. 
But Sunday mornings and worshiping was the time I felt the best. Like the, the pit of stress in my stomach would actually start to alleviate. I would remind myself who God was. I would enjoy God. One of the things that, like, you know, you can't take away from me under a stressful circumstances is enjoying God and who he is. That doesn't change. I was like, no, truly, even physically, worshiping on Sunday mornings was the best time of the week for me. Worship is ultimately not about us. It's a response. Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 1 says, So, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give yourselves to God because of all that he's done for you. Let yourselves be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he finds acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Worship is a response to Jesus. We aren't the main agents uh, of worship. We don't make it happen. We, we aren't the main actors. We participate in the great spiritual realities of worship, which has already been accomplished in Jesus, drawn forth in love, the great, like cosmic, eternal, universal worship of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The theologian J.B. Torrance says, that there's only one act of worship which has ever been totally acceptable to God. And it was not my singing last week. Uh, the only act of worship that has ever been totally acceptable to God is Christ Jesus' sacrifice and offering on the cross. We claim humbly and gratefully what Jesus has done, and we enter into worship God through Jesus's act of worship. We enter into the love relationship of God by what Jesus has done to our Heavenly Father in the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the agent of worship. He's the worship leader. He's the worship song. Jesus is our great high priest who has made a way into the Holy of Holies for us. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, who's right with us. Jesus is our glorious King, who one day everyone on the earth will bow down in reverence and adoration. Our worship is good and pleasing to God because Jesus' work is perfect. Our worship is transforming because Jesus' work is 100% effective. Our worship is right because Jesus' work is complete. Because of what Jesus has done, we participate in the love relationship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in what we term worship. Through worship, the realities of God, they just, they become clearer to us. Worship kind of like dusts off the living room of our souls. It says, Yes, this is the goodness of the Lord. I remember this is where I am supposed to live. This is where I'm going to take up residence. George Whitfield said, In worship, Christ himself comes to live in our hearts by the Holy Spirit and draws us into the very life of God. When we worship, we enter into the work of Jesus. We ride in on Jesus' coattails into the throne room of heaven. When we worship Jesus, the Holy Spirit, he, he says, like, yes, 
Yes, talking about Jesus, worshiping Jesus, that's my kind of people. That's my kind of talk. Yes, human, what you're doing right now, that's heavenly. And the Holy Spirit joins in with us. When we worship Jesus, God the Father says, you love my son? I love my son. I can sing the praises of what my son did on earth, loving the least and the lost, caring for the poor, healing. Yes, let's talk about what Jesus has done. Come here, my child, with your heavenly father, let's worship Jesus together. In worship, Christ himself comes to live in our hearts by the Holy Spirit and draws us into the very life of God. Friends, we're going to enter into a time of worship right now. And we asked one of our friends, uh, Joshua Miller, to lead worship. And we're actually going to uh, do that again because I think it's just really helpful. It's a great time of worship. If you aren't accustomed to worshiping through some of these uh, vineyard little traditions, I encourage you to try. Um, but most of all, I encourage you to let the words marinate, to, to seep in that truth, to settle into that place of reminding ourselves of what Jesus has done and entering into that, to entering into the love relationship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as we say yes to the work of God, yes to the Word of God, yes to the worth of God. Friends, God has brought us close. Why would we want to stay far away? God is here God's here. God is there. How are we going to act? How are we going to respond? You know, there's a lot that we don't do if we think God's not in the room. We're kind of whatever, nonchalant, not serious. I'm going to think about myself, wonder what I'm going to eat for, for lunch. God is here. God's with you. He's there on your couch and in your car. Are we acting like the one who spoke the forces of creation into movement is here. Are we acting like Jesus, our friend, our helper, is with us? Are we acting like the Lord of Lords is in our midst? There's a whisper to our soul. Let's respond. Let's worship. Let's talk to Jesus.